I cannot believe it's almost time for our next coach boot camp. I'm so excited. By the way, it's December 14th, and then you can get more information at mentalsweetspot.com slash coachbootcamp. Anyway, in honor of that, I asked one of our alumni to share her experience with you. Now, this isn't just me bragging on my bootcamp, though I do love running them. It's about the reason I run these, the coaches. It's coaches like today's guests that absolutely light me up. They're passionate about helping young athletes, and they love this game with all their heart. Sound familiar? And it doesn't matter what level you're at either. Just like me, she's coached at every level from travel to D1. She's currently coaching 12U to coach her own daughter. And the main thing always stays the same. Coaching is about sharing your love of the sport with the next generation so that they can get all the amazing experiences and lessons out of it that we did. So you ready to hear our story? Let's jump in. Get your head in the game, coach. You're about to get your audio dose of softball inspiration. I'm Melanie Rushing, And I'm Alicia Smith. And we help softball teams win more games and have more fun. Right now, you're joining thousands of passionate coaches across the nation who are dragging the field, prepping for the day, or driving to that other job while they learn and grow as a coach. So if you're ready to learn how to build a strong team culture, get your players to believe, and make a real difference in their lives, you're in the right place. This is the Mental Sweet Spot Podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Got one of my favorite people as a guest today. I am so excited to bring her back and chat with her, and if I'm honest hear how she's doing. So I can't wait for you guys to hear her story, how she made it through the boot camp and came out on the other end. Unfortunately, still dealing with COVID. I'm so we be done by now, but hey, we're moving forward. Please welcome Aaron Henneke. Welcome coach. Thanks for having me. Alrighty. We're going to kick it off at the beginning. First, before you know it, before I ask you any questions, tell us a little bit about you, who you're coaching, what you do, and a little bit about your coaching background. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I am currently coaching a, my oldest daughter's 12U comp team out of Northern Colorado um, with Colorado Wild. Um, I'm also the president of that organization. And it's a fair, it's a new organization in the sense that we rebranded a year and a half ago from an organization that's been around the area for about 20 years. Um, needed some fresh looks, some fresh names, and just, just get going in a new direction. Um, have the the club itself is is kind of found founded on a couple of different teams of coaches who have worked together for about six seven years now um and we all have our our kids teams um myself though i came into this um from a higher level played d1 at boston university a long time ago um and started my coaching career from there um went from a D3 school at Emmanuel College in Boston to uh, Division II down at St. Leo University in Florida as a grad assistant and then um, got into my teaching career at, at the high school level and started coaching high school ball. Um, moved back home to Colorado and started that process all over again, coaching high school ball, then back to the division one level at university of Northern Colorado with Mark Montgomery. Um, and then back to high school ball. And then my kids really started, my girls started getting into it. And so I'm like, you know what, it's time to worry about my own kids and comp ball and spend my time with them and not worry about that higher level. We'll get there. We'll get back to it at a later date. Um, and so been working with my girls for the last couple of years and really investing my time and, and coaching experience into the competitive club and, uh, softball experiences for the girls in the community I grew up in. Ah, I love that. And I totally feel the, the nomad life. I've been there, right? (laughs) (laughs) Different levels, different States. Yeah. It's quite the adventure. 
but I love that you get to coach your girls now and you guys are all going to see why. <laughs> so yes. tell me a little bit about before the boot camp. What was going on when you were leading up to it? What were your goals and your motivations for your entire program at that time? Yeah, I think so. Leading up to boot camp, boot camp uh, for Colorado Wild, our coaches participated in the the heat of COVID in the shutdown, and so leading up to that, none of we were like, oh man, we're ready for the season, we're ready to go. All of us have been prepping all winter long and ready to start playing, and it hit right at the beginning of our um, of our season. Uh, about half of our teams got one weekend in, and then it was shut down. And so we, uh, so the boot camp came along at a great time where we're like, okay, what do we do with our girls now that we can't be with them? We can't do anything with them. Yeah, we can run Zoom calls and hitting sessions and things like that, and they can work out at home. But what are, how are we going to keep getting better when we can't do anything? as a team. And so the boot camp um, opportunity for our club came along at a great time for that to be able to engage our coaches for a week. Um, you know, it was, it was a lot like having coaches meetings uh, amongst the club and being able to bounce ideas off of coaches across the country um, that are at various levels and, and really hear learning and personal growth of each coach um, during that time and invest that time during the COVID shutdown. So leading up to that, um, our, our club and our coaches, we were ready to, we were ready to hit the field. Um, you know, culture at that point was we had already been through our off season. We'd been through our, our preseason. Um, we'd had our fall season just to get to know each other and kick off for the new year. And so a lot of the culture stuff that all the coaches were doing on their own was already done. And they were, they were, everyone's like, let's go play. Um, and, and we'll work it out from there. And so prior to the boot camp, I don't know that any one of our coaches was specifically thinking culture at the beginning of March, because everything that had led up to all the culture pieces had already been put into play in a lot of ways. And so, um, so it really came at a good time for us. Oh, that is such a good point. Yeah. I did the same thing. I was always the first thing we tackle in the fall for college ball was the culture, right? Like it's, you got to tackle that first, whether you got a brand new team or you've had the team together for years. You're so right. I'm so glad that they had that foundation. So when you stumbled into this, you're like culture. Okay. Maybe we'll try it. It might be the same things over again. <laughs> what did you end up learning that you might not have expected going through it? I think that for me and in my background, being a, an educational leadership person um, and a principal and I, lots of culture building, right? That's a big buzzword right now in, in leadership. Um, and it's been a big focus in any leadership field you're in, doesn't matter what industry you're part of. Culture has really been a big focus for the last five or six years. And um, so even bringing those tools of what I knew professionally um, from education into coaching, um, and doing that individually, or even bringing it in as a club sense, um, I think for for me personally, that boot camp really brings into play the the focus on me. So when 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 you learn about culture as a leader, and you're doing those things, it's about the culture of your team. And I think for for me, what I really took away was the boot camp really focuses on you as an individual and how you what you do, how you do what you say, um, how you say it is all going to drive the culture of whatever team you're a part of on or off the field. That is such a good point. And I think that's how this came to be from my personal experience was like, 
I had I had the things laid out. I had the process. I had the the frameworks from all these awesome programs I've been a part of and people I'd learned from, but then I wasn't showing up <laughs> exactly how I needed to. So that's exactly what we wanted to cover. And I'm very glad that that's what you took away because we're now kind of updating the bootcamp, we, I, um, <laughs> to be really even more focused on the individual. So as you went through that, throwing a new question out, you didn't prepare you for this. So our new bootcamp is called Difference Makers Bootcamp. So how do you see yourself as a difference maker? What's your superpower? What are the things you love to do? I think in terms of softball and me being a difference maker is sharing my love and passion and knowledge for the game with kids who want to experience it, who, who, who think they want that. And again, we're talking 12 year olds that I'm at now, but it didn't matter what level I was at. I think that's always been my go-to as a coach. And even as a player, when I played, it was my love and passion for the game, like oozed all over the place. Um, oftentimes came off really bad, um, too intense, too serious about the game. Um, and, and that, and I struggle with that as a coach as well. Um, what's too much and, and where's that fine line between, um, sharing it positively and having a negative impact on the people you're sharing it with. Um, cause it can be too much. Um, and I think that that's really the difference maker. I think for me, um, as a young club coach, younger kids, um, that really had, you know, that's kids finding the right coach for them. Um, I think it's also really important that I don't back too much off of it because when it comes down to it in competition, it's going to come out and you don't want that to shock people. Um, so at the same time, you still have to be you, but you have to be very aware of how you are impacting other people. Um, and what is that fine line between sharing yourself and having it still be positive and being a guiding light and having it come off and impacting people negative for sure i was the same in competition I, i've always been super like raw like competitive lab but all this training of like be positive lift them up i like had this like jekyll and hyde personality so since getting back to the field is a relative term but at least it was something mm -hmm. <laughs> um since getting back to the field how have you noticed that balance um shift at all for you um, I think, you know, coming out of COVID, I think that we, we spent a lot of time with our girls on my team. So we were a first year 12s team this past summer and, um, coming, spending a lot of time on zoom calls together. We had, we didn't do a lot of softball specific skill work. We spent a lot of time talking about how COVID has impacted us and what benefits we've gotten out of it. And so we spent a lot of time listening to 12 year olds, tell us how much they love spending time with their family. And it's not that they like being home, but now all of a sudden they get to do games is play games as a family and go hiking as a family and when you're in the hustle and bustle of school and work and sports you you forget those things sometimes and um and or they're so planned out because you get everyone's got the same weekend off in two months and so here's what we're going to do and you jam pack it full and so coming out of covid for us was very much um it was almost relaxing coming out of covid the value of the experience had a new framework and that was super important for us because now we we lost it for what three full months and 
you, when you train like we like all competitive softball teams do and you and you just flat out stop for three months and all you do is talk to each other on on zoom and then you come back to it it really becomes about the people that you're spending your time with and the experience that you're having whether you're the coach or the player or the parent and so I think that's the thing that impacted us the most was really checking it and going why do we do what we do and why is this important and yes we can have fun and yeah we can be competitive we're going to play to win but what's important that's really the key right because of course we want to win of course we want to like have fun but it's how you do that <laughs> that's really going to make it more consistent and like easy for you instead of having to force the wins or force yourself to have fun i got to a point with my team where we we're like we're gonna play tag to warm up <laughs> Like yep. whatever it takes. So now looking forward to getting through winter again, it's, you're in a winter state, you're used to indoor anyway, but it's going to be more limited. What do you see moving forward using the training you got in the boot camp and how you got this new perspective and almost appreciation for the little things in our sport? Because outsiders would be like three months, no big deal, but athletes and coaches know that's forever. So what are you looking forward to going forward and continuing to build your teams? Yeah, I think the biggest thing is, is that clarity. Um, why are we here? We know it, like you said, we know everybody wants to play, we play to have fun. We play to win, but why are we really doing this? What are we trying to get out of it? Whether you're 10, 12, 16, 22, and you're graduate, and this is it this is your senior year maybe not if COVID gets another delay and they get granted another year of eligibility but what is the point of this what do you want to get out of this and and I think that's it's that reset to be able to say okay in these three months no matter what happens what are we trying to accomplish and staying being pl thoughtfully planning that out and then staying the course yeah staying the course that's the tricky one right what uh, do you guys have in mind for staying the course? <sighs> Regardless of COVID, it can just flip everything on its head. But normal year, going through the typical ups and downs of just being tired, being frustrated, being a little bit burnt out. What are some of the things that you're going to do moving forward? Um, specifically for my team, uh, our coaching staff is looking at putting the plan on paper first and foremost, and, and setting that course together. And this seems like really odd. Like that's what you do at the college level. Like that's what you do when it's your job and, and you, you're making sure you have your plan for the year for your job. Um, and we're doing it as volunteers for 12 year olds. Um, but that's what it comes down to is, is put the plan on paper, start poking holes in it get it to a clear plan that you can share with parents that you can share with the players and have them understand it. Um, because without that level of accountability of the kids knowing what's supposed to be happening and what our goals are and the parents going, Hey, why am I sending my kid? Why am I killing myself to get my kid here? Why am I paying all this money to get my kid? And my kid seems to be miserable. If they don't know the process, how can they trust it? And, um, 
you know, with, without a clear plan that's, that's, that's visible and tangible and something they can touch and feel, it's left to individual conversations. So without that, unless you have a, an issue with an individual family, and then we, we start talking about trusting the process. Here's what I see for your kid. Here's what I want for your kid. And the kid's going, yeah, I want that too. And here's the plan to get there. Up until this point, that's very much an individual thing. Um, but taking that process and applying it to the whole team requires making it a tangible process and putting it on paper for sure how many times we say trust the process and like how many people can actually define it <laughs> right because it's different for at that but prior to that it's different for every kid and even once you have the team process down it's going to be individual there's going to be an individual layer for it um, but if they don't know what that individual layer is for themselves the best you're going to get is buy into the team and they'll get better because of that, but they won't be, they won't be their best. They won't get to the, to reach their potential in that year if they don't know what their individual layer is. Absolutely. So now I'm bringing you all the way back. So we all, of course, focus on getting our teams. So you've got your team plan. You know, it's based on individuals first. We talk about me for we all the time here. Now you, if you go back and give yourself advice, back just before the boot camp, back years ago, what would you tell yourself then? I think it's, it's trust the process, right? You know, I, we all learned that playing college ball. We've preached it as coaches, but, but you trusting a process that's not laid out in, in detail and black and white, it's, it's that it's make sure your plan is black and white. And yes, you have to have flexibility in every plan you make in your life, but plan for that plan for a b and c what happens what happens when you have this global pandemic who would have put that in a plan for a softball team nobody but you you still have to plan for what happens when i have five sick players um that happens it happened to me my second to last year of coaching high school ball we go in as the number eight team and we were done we were toast. I had four, four starters injured and or sick and one on a recruiting trip in the state tournament. And you're like, Hey, life happens. You, what do you do? There's nothing you can do about it. Can't change it. Just go with it. And so ha being able to be prepared for those opportunities um, and have that plan makes the anxiety go way down for everybody. And if the anxiety goes down for coaches, it goes down for players. If it goes down for players, it goes down for parents. And then you have far more happiness than you would have without a plan. So with you there, I am absolutely a planner just like you. So any last tips, advice, takeaways to help anybody who's considering the boot camp think about doing it? Yeah, I think if you're, if you, you know, anytime you're looking for improvement, you always have to start with yourself. And I think that the boot camp really sets you up to really evaluate and take into account all the things that you do for the team that you're with or the organization that you're with. And 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 take stock of all of that and then go, okay, how can I how can I take that task or that thing that I do and make sure that the impact I'm having is what I intend it to be. Um, we can't control how it's received, but we can sure evaluate whether or not we're getting what we expected to get out of it. And I think that boot camp sets you up for that. It sets that process in play for you to really take stock of what you do and how you do it and what's the result you're getting from it. So do you have answers to those things she just asked? 
great advice, right? And like I said, people like Erin are why I do what I do. She gets it. So if you're a sweet spotter like Erin and would like to create or even refresh your blueprint that guides you as a coach, then I cordially invite you to Difference Makers Bootcamp. We'll hang out each night for a week discussing what makes you a great coach and how you can best show up, communicate your mission, and take action on helping your girls. To learn more, head to mentalsweetspot.com slash coachbootcamp. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, reach out to support at mentalsweetspot.com or shoot us a message on social media. We really mean it. We love getting to know you guys, and it's awesome to just meet more great coaches. So in the meantime, thank you again for listening and have a good one.